This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I'm your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, he wants people to be to think, Who's that prick and how can I be more like him? It's Arturo Zurita. Out of all the lines you could have given me, we, you know, you should have seen uh, Flamin' Hot. You would have had a couple words. <laughs> I know, right? I would have had a better one for you there. Uh, we also, as always, when it comes to our film festival coverage, we're joined by someone who's not a feminist. Her favorite show is Entourage. It's Amanda the Jedi. Excuse me? I specifically said that you had to use the gay and untalented line. <laughs> I, I, I mistake. I misstepped. I will uh, amend that in the edit. Intercut HR. Uh, We're back at another film festival with a lot of exciting movies to talk about. A lot of movies we really loved. My first South by Southwest, Amanda's first South by Southwest. Art, you are the veteran amongst us. So I have to ask you, how did 2023 compare to previous editions of the South by Southwest Film Festival? Suck. (laughs) (laughs) We had our ups and downs. I think uh, in terms of like our own stay personally, Uh, it was interesting to get y'all here and have a, a location that was prime for getting there. And it's a good thing that we're always outside of it. Because uh, when it came to how they developed South by after the pandemic, mm-hmm. 2020 was the first year they shut down. 21 was online. And it being in March, y'all know that's when everything went down. So to see them bounce back last year was really cool. Mm-hmm. They've amped it up to another level. I was explaining to you all that you know South by isn't just a film festival. It's a music festival. It's a tech festival. Mm-hmm. They got XR. They don't even call it VR anymore. It's XR. Yeah. Uh, and then the food. Mm. Shout out to, shout out Sundance. <laughs> Never been to France, but you're not. Food ain't good yeah. in France. I can smell more barbecue <laughs> leftovers over there, which is why we're keeping this Ooh. top ten. Yes. Uh, no, they were able to expand it to a degree that I thought was fantastic. They really used a lot of Austin. Uh, we were able to go what, every four corners, yeah. uh, below the river, above the river, uh, all of the pop-ups that they had. We had so much swag we were able to pick up. And I think overall, yeah. for you guys who just experienced a really great Sundance, how was South by for you? Yeah. I had a great time. Uh, started off a little rocky. <laughs> We've had some issues with the Airbnb that have some just- cleanliness issues? Major cleanliness issues. Let's just yeah. say I cleaned sheets, I cleaned <laughs> sheets. I slept in sheets for a couple nights without realizing it. Uh, so, so, oh dear. <laughs> Yo, that's worse than down low. But yeah. uh, all, with all of that, just like we said with Sundance, yeah. with a broken car almost dying. With a dying, broken car. That was still, still a great festival. It's still a great festival. Yeah. festival. If you can you overcome know? all that and still have a good time. Yeah, I had a great time. This was, this was great. And like the movies were fun, but a lot of those pop-ups were really interesting. They mm-hmm. did some really cool things. Like I got this dope jacket from Amazon. Um, I don't know if we can pop in a picture of the back. Yeah, but, like, we'll, we'll do a little. You know, because it's hard to. Editing. I don't wanna, yeah, but like yeah. It's, it's dope. They did a custom design on it. So like that's cool. Yeah. Just like all sorts going of stuff. Going to different places and being yeah, able to get like, like pictures. pictures of... um, like we got yellow jackets, hats. Uh, that whole the yellow jackets pop up was awesome. Yeah, yeah you can see some of our dope. posters. Some yeah. of the movies were able to have Cora like Bora little picks, even though there was no she didn't play guitar with the so, picks. Yeah, it's just crazy stuff from all the different pop ups that you can go through. You know, yeah. Adobe houses. The swarm stuff was really cool for the, the shows. Tetris squeeze toys and yeah, Rice Krispie treats we got. Cheese graters that they were giving out for Evil Dead. 
yeah. so yeah. like when you come down here you don't leave empty-handed for sure you don't leave empty-handed yeah you leave full uh, <laughs> or empty-bellied yeah how do you feel about the audiences well that, that's something that is also really interesting because you know you get a really fun raucous atmosphere at like tiff midnight screenings yes. the occasional sundance screening at the echoes can be pretty mm-hmm. loud and fun mm-hmm. nothing really compares to seeing a movie in the paramount theater yeah and and there are times where it's almost excessive like i don't know if i needed yeah. an applause break every two minutes in air but it is it is something special to be in an audience yeah. that cares that they deeply. shut it down a couple times a couple times people <laughs> would be like you know like they shut down a couple it's times it's like the midnight yeah. tiff crowd at 3 p.m. Yes. for whatever reason, Absolutely. right? And that's because they're drinking 24-7 yeah. in Austin. Yeah. I've never been fed more free booze at a oh. festival. Yeah, no, seriously. Which, goodness, right? Yeah, and look, if that's like the reason you want to go to one of these things is to party and to go see things and go to installations. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. a lot to do beyond just seeing the movies here, which is exciting yeah. Like for us who tend to spend like day and night in a theater yeah. to have some more variety in our schedule. A lot of fun. Mm-hmm. The movies, it's a pretty different slate than what you no. get at Sundance or what you get at TIFF. TIFF, it's a lot of like sort of bigger movies and movies launching their Oscars oh. campaign. Sundance, you really get like a nice smattering, a bunch of different mm-hmm. stuff. The docs are really interesting. The foreign films mm-hmm. are really interesting. South by is 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 fun. It's genre, oh. it's horror, it's comedy, oh. and it, it, there's some action thrown in there too. But it, it's it's really just like a crowd pleasing festival yeah. from the bottom up. And you know, there's it's a lot of fun. To, there's a lot of fun to be had. There's a lot of movies this year, particularly that were a lot of fun. So we had a really great time. Here. On top of that, yeah, for sure. All the Sundance well, best movies be are playing here. Yeah, Talk to me with multiple screenings. Theater camp that should have had multiple. Surprisingly, showings. yeah. But well, uh, it probably would have if they played it earlier in the fest. That was a right. last day thing. Exactly. Well, that was our way to plug those movies that we're also yeah, here as well. Yeah, talk to me guys. We mentioned it as many times as we can because it is the horror movie to beat this year. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, we will get into some of the movies that we're really excited about in, in just a little bit. Uh, but why don't we start it off with some honorable mentions, the movies that we enjoyed but weren't quite in that top 10. Uh, I think we have a lot of similarities in our top 10, so I think it's going to be interesting to see what movies we want to Give a little bit of shout out to because we don't want to forget about them. Uh, Art, why don't you kick this off? What are the films that just didn't make that top 10 for you? Uh, I got a good 15 here. Uh, some of them only because I didn't get to the ending of them. So mm. let me begin with these over here. There is a, a massive one that Alina ended up adoring. I only got to see the beginning of it after our 12 hour drive. I had to snooze. Yeah. I had to get here. But we still got the link available for this one, and it seems to be a hot one. Chronicles of a Wandering Saint. Okay. This is a movie about, it pretty much feels like uh, from Sundance, what do we call um, Mama Cruz? Oh, Mama Cruz. It's like the, the prima to that one. It's the cousin. Oh. Uh, it's about this like woman who, from what I saw, gets made fun of by the whole community because she's like overly religious. Yeah. She prays right where the sun falls on the pew, and if it moves, she moves as well, and oh, everybody's wow. aware of that. Uh, so that's an honorable mention there. But Alina, she has it in her top three. Okay. With Love in a Major Organ, another one that we still have the link to, was one that I was very excited for. It was very quirky. Edited by Every Frame of Frame. And that's the main genre. reason yeah. why very. I wanted to put that on the radar over unique. here. Unique. It's unique. Yeah, because it's already a story about this woman who tears out her heart because yeah. this is a world where everything's made out of objects instead. Yeah. Uh, and feelings kind of like discouraged. Exactly. Kind of feels yeah. like the giver a little bit. Like, uh-huh. you know? I just love that a lonely woman rips out her heart for the man she loves only to discover he's run away from it. So uh, that's fantastic. Like you mentioned, Tony Zhao, he has this thing in the beginning where when he cuts to the credits saying editor, there's scissors. 
yeah. the writer is a pencil sharpener. Yes. I, yeah, of course. Yes, yes, yes. So if you love those videos, of course you're gonna love the feature as well. Um, but the three that I did get to finish, and I was hoping that you guys get to see these soon, uh, The Ordinaries, a meta film yeah. where the whole world is a movie set. It's, uh, I'm trying to see right here what language, it's, it's in German, uh, it's from The Match Factory, and pretty much it's this girl who is a side character, but she's trying to be the main character. And in search of her father, who may have been cut out of another movie, and maybe ended up becoming an extra. It, it's weird. Yeah. Um, it never fully like becomes incredible, mm -hmm. but they do some funny stuff in there that it, it keeps you intrigued for the entirety of it. So The Ordinary is a very interesting comedy. Monolith. Fuck you. I wanted y'all to see it. Dude, we thought it expired the 17th. Don't blame me. Blame the PR team. Y'all yeah. need to get this out there because I this... I tried so hard this to get the answer me again. <laughs> with an actress who was in another horror film that had some of the most hype, Evil Dead. It will not appear on this list. We got a review for it. But this is where she was cooking. Lily Sullivan did some really good work with this because it's just her in one location recording a podcast and it goes places. It goes I'm places. so excited. I'm so angry. And it sounds so good there. It's a very audio heavy uh, story. Yeah. I was watching it off my laptop. It scared me, bro. I thought something was behind me. So <laughs> it ju it's just at number 12. The, the one I'm most frustrated that I did. Yeah. So we tried we so tried hard, but hard. like last night, air went an hour late. Yeah. So there was no hope I've got the hell. scrapes on my knee to prove we tried yeah. hard. We tried, <laughs> we tried so hard. Uh, and then my last one, this was battling with my with one of my top 10s right here. But because my 10 is leading more through a 4, and this is perfectly at a 3.5, Flamin' Hot, one of my most okay. anticipated. Okay. Eva Longoria with her... Second, first territorial <laughs> debut about the janitor, the, the man who created Hot Cheetos, and yeah. he pitched it to the company. Uh, fantastic story. Uh, we got a whole review for that as well. But and they my... gave out flaming hot bags. They gave flaming hot bags. Yeah, and I didn't even get the Cheetos. I got the fries. Those... So I got the Cheetos. Um, but yeah, those would be my five from there. Nice, Amanda. Some honorable mentions. Yeah. So um, very depressed about Monolith. Um, so upset about that. Um, same thing with Citizen Sleuth, but that's fine. <laughs> um, it's more that like they gave it to me and then they stopped answering. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Well, they didn't even give me a no. They didn't even say, no, that's just when it expires. We can't do anything about it. Let's talk about the press side of it, if y'all don't mind. There is a very interesting thing that happens when you're on the field to do things. And obviously as YouTubers, it's a completely different mode for us because we're not outlets but we are outlets yeah we're, our we're own just outlets. outlets for ourselves yeah. that's a little difficult for them to recognize they'll play the movies <laughs> where you're supposed to believe in yourself but then when it comes to it you know the the festival is still corporate to a certain degree mm -hmm. uh but even outside of that it's the dealings that we have to do with pr companies it's been very fascinating reaching out to people saying there's no links while we're watching people log it online, online. Uh, and and again we don't mind not getting a link yeah. but it does suck to see PR companies hold back their movies. Us not getting it, that's fine. Yeah. But it, we said there's a pattern. Those PR companies tend to get their movies yeah. stuck on. And, and we're talking to people on the ground of the festival and realizing like who's getting links and who's not getting links and who's just not responding to stuff. Or how you have yeah. to. Right. And it's a shame then too when, you know, we we have easy access to these movies from Apple, from Amazon. And say it. And it's the small guys that just won't throw Tetris a Tetris is on his account fully. Yeah, yeah they would, and they would have given it to me too. They were like, 4K. we got to take it for you. But if not, we can also do... Yeah, in 4K. Why is it the most difficult to get the narrative and not the headliners? I got a ticket for the Disney Plus show, American Born Chinese, in a Google form. Like, we got all of Childish Gambino's new so, uh, show. Yeah, before, without even asking for it. Without even asking for it. Was it, it. 
Huh? What? Swarm. I see that in the H. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's, and that's the part that gets us because it's not about like an ego thing for us. It's yeah. literally they're ruining their movies. We're movie fans. First, yeah. the amount that we watch. Exactly. Between this video and Sundance, we're nearing 200 movies. Yeah. We're clearly psychopaths who yeah. love the movies. Yeah. And it just sucks to see when they're hurting them. We want to help you. Help us help you. Yeah. Uh, help you help you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Amanda. Yeah. Let's get back I get into it. it. I get it. Honorable mentions. Um, first up for me, I think I'm going to go with Late Bloomers. Yeah. Um, which I thought was just uh, really nice. Uh, but then it, it also got some tears out of me because you've got like the multi-level story mm -hmm. here of a woman who is kind of both dealing with a breakup that she absolutely has not gotten over. But then also, um, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that the mom has. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think. That's something. Yeah, I mean, she's like, she isn't dealing with her mom's health Illness. Yeah, situation. her mom has yeah. a health situation and she's not dealing with it well. And it's kind of like wrapping into how it's affecting her life going forward. And then she kind of suffers like an accident and has to get a hip replacement. And then... Yeah. I mean, a lot of this movie is Karen Gillan walking around with a broken hip yeah. and just doing like interesting physical bits. Yeah. I, I actually had this as my like last cut off my top 10. Yeah. I, I oh, was really charmed by it. Yeah. That was your first movie. You were it like, yeah, this might... was really good. Yeah, I it is. It quite a bit. Really it's a good You swear that that was going to be in your top 10. <laughs> There's a lot of movies that I like. And that's a lot not a bad thing at yeah. all. No, yeah. No, so I, I really like that one. I think it's a good one to, to keep an eye out on. Uh, so I thought that one was really good. Uh, and then one I thought was like really unique and was just missing like a little something to just really push it over the edge into being great. Late Night with the Devil. Yeah. I know you didn't like it very much, but I don't like, it just got me. It's basically, it's all set as like this old I, I think maybe 60s or something. 70s talk, 70s, show, yeah. 70s talk show where the, you're going against Carson and he's talking about it. And it's like, this guy has suffered a tragedy and this is like his first show back since that tragedy. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of like tying it all into like the occult and, you know, cold reading psychics. But then it progressively gets more intense as yeah. it's going. I mean, there are these talk, like the 70s talk shows, they tend to do these like, they did these longer segments yes. with lots of guests and they brought on these like interesting people yes. and it sort of like takes that mode but makes it about this kind of possession satanism kind yes. of thing that's really dark and interesting and I, mm -hmm. I do i do think that movie's like stylistically at least like very very, very interesting very cool. and unique yeah. yeah yeah stylistically the story might lose it for a bit of people the, where they either don't a little bit for me. go far enough in areas or just draw things out in the wrong places mm -hmm. but i do think it's worth watching just for like how it's stylistically putting yeah. together i think it's closer to your opinion than arts on it the yeah. practicals though yeah i thought it was good i thought it was real good yeah. i was real happy to have caught and david's it. good yeah he's david's really good great. and i almost honestly i was like ready to knock out last night and they started watching it and I stayed up like a little bit longer yeah. just to get to a little bit more parts and I was like, I gotta go to bed now. It's a good sign. Go. On top I of that, another two Australian brothers coming yeah. in with a whore. Yeah. <laughs> just like in Talk to Me. Something in the water down yeah, there. Yeah, something in the Oh my uh, any more honorable things um, you want to bring I'm up? gonna put Joyride in there too. I won't talk cool. about it too much because we did a full separate video about Joyride, yeah. but this is definitely like the easy crowd pleaser choice. It does go a little raunchy in areas, but it's very exciting, very fun, very nice. So it's mm -hmm. a it's an easy recommend in my opinion for Joyride. Nice. Uh, I will go with my honorable mentions. A quick shout out to Americana, a, like a fun, classic bag of money movie. You know, just an ensemble cast all trying to get the same valuable thing. And I feel like. It's it's pretty hard to go wrong with something like that, especially when you have a cast full of strong character actors like Paul Walter Hauser, Sydney Sweeney. He's great. Uh, yeah, a lot a lot of really good good people in that cast. Let me uh, let me shout out War Pony because she got to shout that at Khan. Mm -hmm. and that's like the the perfect flip side yeah, of uh, the indigenous kind of story in the yeah. modern age. Yeah. Um, this one's a lot slower though. That the the pacing in Americana. 
uh, when he mentioned Wild Tales, I was like, okay, I see what I you're see going yeah, for. Yeah, that's an interesting comparison with that too. Um, if you were the last, I mean, it might be like so quirky, you, you'll overdose on it, but I think there's just a Love real, a, yeah, it, it find, it settles into a really charming and actually kind of introspective place. It, a movie that, it's all about the dialogue between these two mm-hmm. and it really is winning in mm-hmm. like, I feel like it's very relatable in, in points too. Uh, and I also love that homemade aesthetic yeah. that they use. Two um, astronauts stuck in space and realize, what if, what if, what if we banged? What if we banged? <laughs> Classic scenario. Yeah. Um, Air, I feel like that this is maybe going to be on somebody's top 10, it's but like the, my number. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, just very fun, engrossing story of the creation of the Air Jordan sneakers. Ben Affleck, really good film. Um, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, also give a quick shout out to one of one of the best docs I saw here, Satan Wants You. The, Ooh, you liked it. I, I, I want to catch up on that one. Really, yeah. I thought it was really interesting just the, the way in which it shows how this uh, sort of one uh, person's testimony led to the oh, satanic okay. panic and, and grew into this sort of like outsized crazy idea all based on some shaky. That's nice. Yeah. I, was, I would add to that. That uh, Satan wants you and the uh, horror. They, 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 the they go perfect. perfect. Great double feature. Yeah, because you have a lot of that in there. Uh, yeah. One of my favorite parts about <laughs> the way that they call it the baby ceilings at Innis. Um, for the documentary, they do this thing where they uh, take a lot of the music from classic horror movies and mash it up to create the score to this movie. That's raw. Yeah. And then the, what they're also touting is the fact that they got the original recording of what happened to this possession. So never and before it's, released. And uh, never before released yeah. until South by so But it's also just like a really interesting story of like therapy gonna write too. Yes. I don't know. There, there's a lot there. I think it's really interesting. I'd give it a big shout out. Uh one more honorable mention that I, I'm gonna skip over because I'm pretty sure you covered in your top ten. Uh so we should dive into the lists unless you wanna throw out any other like honorable prize winners. Uh, or something yeah, like that. in terms of docs I'd say that there was a, a slew of pretty good ones. Uh, I know one's gonna make your top ten, but you like Max Roach as a, yeah. as a drummer. Uh, Max Roach, the drum, also waltzes. I mean, he's just a fascinating guy, and it's a uh, well, it's a good bio doc of his life. Comes from uh, Sam Pollard, one mm. of the co-directors who we've shouted out plenty of times on the podcast. So yeah, three I mean, decades in the making for yeah. this doc. So uh, I thought that was a fantastic one. I and mean, there were a bunch of profile documentaries yes. that I don't know if the filmmaking necessarily stood out that much, but, but you're like. Yeah, yeah. They're all compelling and they're all well done. And, you know, I I think for me, one of the ones that I enjoyed the most was Hung Up on a Dream. Talk about it. Yeah, the, great. the story of the zombies and how this band that is really this, like, classic of that era of British rock didn't necessarily get the same success that a lot of their contemporaries did and mm-hmm. how they're, they're kind of still still working on that success. Yeah, that idea of, like, you don't even realize what you inspired until way later. Mm-hmm. And you're like... Mm-hmm. Couldn't you have told me that early on? <laughs> at least so, they were still alive. Yeah, at exactly. least they were still alive. Exactly. And that one came by uh, Robert Schwartzman of yeah. the Schwartzmans. So, uh, and producer Tom Hanks. So I, I really like the way this one was shot as well. Uh, but yeah, you have the one of my other docs on your top 10. So from there, you're right. Let's get into it. All right, so my number five is briskets. My number four is <laughs> the real stuff right uh, there. Mickleweight, I think, best bite that I've had. Huh? The beef rib, though, like the come beef on. rib. Yeah, I kept hyping falling up off Black. the bone. The turkey. Have you had business beef? That was pretty good. Yeah, shout out to Terry Black's turkey. I did not ex- did not expect that one to be the one that hit there, but uh, lots of good food. Lots of good food. Uncle nearest. 
You did as well. You did as well. You may have inspired an argument between me and a security guard, but you did as well. Um, anyway, let's get into the top tens. Uh, I'll start us off here with a movie that I think we all liked. I, I might have liked maybe more than y'all. Uh, I'm going with Pure. Oh. Ooh, yeah, uh, I liked it more. Coming up. Okay, cool. Uh, all right, well, then I can wait a little bit before getting into it. What are we talking about? Yeah, well, so it's a man who realizes he's suffering from OCD. Complex but, uh, OCD, I think, specifically. What was it? Complex OCD, I think, specifically. What well, was it? Pure obsessional. Pure, oh. Yeah. And, and it, it's a form that manifests in different ways, whether it's the for him, like, uh, violent thoughts or, or thoughts of, uh, you're going to get cancer or impure yeah. health. And one of the things that's really in interesting about it is the way that it dives into all the different aspects of OCD and all the different nuances into how it manifests in these people's lives. Mm -hmm. A lot of the film is th is done in therapy, but it's not it's not therapy sessions that are like just moments for the characters to explain themselves, but it's it's moments to really dive into the, like the complications of mm -hmm. it and how it it it's hard to coexist uh with like have a happy life and and also deal with all this i don't know i i found it to be really really emotional and really really raw yeah. um cut like triggered a little bit of my my own issues uh but yeah i don't know it, it not necessarily the most comfortable watch at times but i thought it was really well done yeah it'll come back up for it's both gonna of come us. back up for okay. both of us yeah that's exciting to hear why don't we get to your number 10 amanda um, I'm gonna go with Air. I think yes. uh, I, maybe that's recency bias, but like, because that's like the last one we saw. But I, I we thought it came was... out. She bought Jordans. I was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> Dude, no, that's the thing. I got like unusually into sneaker culture over COVID. Really? I started getting fed random sneaker okay. videos, so I'll order random shit sometimes uh -huh. that I don't always wear because I don't fit or they don't look good or they don't feel good on my feet sometimes. I just love like, I, I want a pair of these Sakai's that look like the Mighty Ducks logo so uh, bad, like the okay. color, like I want them so bad. <laughs> You're gonna have to record profiles now for Amanda the Jedi. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah, so like- Just stand I, up. Yeah, so I was like, so I was really interested because I remember like there, there was like a scene in the 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 midnight the the midnight club where the guys got Jordans on, and I was like, those Jordans didn't exist in that year. So like I was interested to see. Flag on the field. Yeah, I was interested to see. So I, I kind of had a good time with that creation. And again, uh, we do talk about it in detail, mm -hmm. but just that realization that uh, like they built the Jordan around Michael Jordan before Michael Jordan was Michael Jordan. Yes. They banked on a potential of a rookie that had one good play in a game. <laughs> and now it's an yeah. empire. I yeah. just had to assume that like he was already Michael Jordan when they were like, we gotta make Jordan ones, we're gonna make mm -hmm. Air Jordans. We're right. gonna, like, but no, they banked their whole budget on that. So, yeah, yeah, their whole company, the whole basketball area of Nike. Yeah, in and, my review, I, I said it's the journey from idea to iconic. Yeah, right? yeah, and it is a little, Sorry, I didn't know. No, it's, it's, you just see the conception of the thing that became a phenomenon. Or, yes. Yeah. And it's just um, like, I get that it is a little bit Nike pro propaganda-ish. And as long as you acknowledge that going into it, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, they make some interesting choices. But I, I overall, I thought it was really good. You get a ton of all-star star performances because yeah. it is just stacked. It's directed by Ben Affleck. He's in it. We got Matt Damon. We got Viola Davis. Yeah. You know, just so many people that I don't even need to name all of them. If you just look is at the cast list. Is there a better cast? I don't think 
not at this festival. Not this festival. Not, Maybe not this year. Not in ages. It was, my cr- it was the craziest Q&A to be in because so much freaking talent was so in front of So much there. Like it got the standing O probably yeah. just for the cast. Yeah. That's Viola all. Viola got a standing O. But it's, it is Viola. just such a pleasure to have it a movie that goes from yeah. a scene that where Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are yelling at each other yeah. to a scene where Viola Davis is like, t- you know, on the phone giving an excellent monologue. Yes. And like, it, there's, there's so many amazing performances in that film. Yeah, so that's my number 10. All right, let's go to you. Uh, I'm going to keep mine brief because while I have bottoms at the bottom, y'all have bottoms at the top. Yeah. Uh, but it had to make my top 10 yeah, because this did. is while they came out loving it, uh, we kind of had the inverse of what was uh, Shiva Baby. Baby. I know it's going to grow on me. Yeah. Um, so I'm going I'm to keep it brief. We're gonna, it's going to come up. It's going right. to come up. Uh, my number nine, I don't think you got story you have higher on your list than me. I do have story Ooh, a little bit higher. Okay, okay. So I'll save that for when it comes back around. Give the premise on. Uh, well, it, it's a young man overcoming his own trauma uh, and navigating life between uh, this street art gang that he's in and his new relationship with an MTA worker played by Luis Guzman. And mm-hmm. I kind of feel like any movie that is built on the premise of a Luis, uh, meal with Luis Guzman can save your soul is mm-hmm. onto something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, mo- no movie left me in a bigger puddle of tears than this one. So wow. I got a story about Ava number nine. I kind of forgot about that one. I also really like that. I put, oh, it's uh, still, still an honorable mention for me, but it's still a, yeah. yeah. Should be mentioned. Yeah. Um, so my number nine is another, uh, weird story of an origin you never would have thought of Tetris. Okay. Um, again, some of these, like, I don't know if these are the right orders for them, but like, I, I had a lot of fun with Tetris. Tetris, I honestly assumed was a Japanese game, but I think have it's just because it? It, I don't know. I haven't actually <laughs> heard of it. She doesn't write for Deadline. <laughs> I haven't actually heard of Tetris before, no. But like, Ted, I, it, it's just like, I honestly thought it was a Japanese game, but I think it's just because it grew so much mm-hmm. in Japan. Um, and this is kind of the story about the guy who got the Japanese distribution rights in uh, Taron Edgerton, but then it kind of does this whole weird kind of like KGB espionage thing because of like the way that Russia does their uh, um, communism. The way they were doing it was, oh, you have an idea, now we make them we idea off idea. of your idea, you and it's from Mother Russia, you know? Yeah. It's like, we have an idea. Characters practically say, hello, my name is capitalism, yeah. and hello, my name is communism. Yeah, so it is a little bit Broad. over the top there yeah. and it, honestly it's like you're also now just telling the story from someone else who hasn't done any of the work and it's just putting in the capital to try to make more money off of mm-hmm. somewhere else by oh. buying a cheap license so that's a weird thing like am i even cheering that on that's yeah. what I'm but it's a crazy story it's a crazy yeah. story about how it's like these people were selling rights they didn't actually have and then some of it was just how it was specifically written in contracts so that they didn't think they sold the rights but they did mm-hmm. sell the rights just wild shit. So I, I thought it was really interesting, though it does have a downfall issue and that it was so committed to these interesting transition scenes that there were moments where it should have just hard cut to somebody's reaction or someone's face, but then they insisted on doing the transition scene where it would be like, Tokyo. And I'm like, you didn't need it in that moment. You could have done it after the reaction. Do it after the reaction. I've, yeah. I've never seen something be such a post-edit job. <laughs> Maybe we should add Tetris titles. That's how it came off to me. Yeah. I mean, it, it's pushing close to that two-hour mark. And, and the yeah. one of the things that I've heard from people who like to end in is that it could probably be trimmed down a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it is part of this thing that we've been talking about. And yeah. there are all a lot of these very interesting movies that show you like how the thing that you know is iconic came to be. And yeah, yeah I always love uh, finding more about finding more about those stories, learning more about those stories. Another so. one like Air, where I feel like Tetris is for the whole family, but it's rated R. Yeah. I don't even, yeah, there's, like, I know what makes. There's a couple things. Yeah, a couple like, F-bombs and air for R, but I don't know what it is over here. Yeah. My last one is, what do you think of the car chase scene? 
Do you think it was goofy? <laughs> I think it's the goofiest thing. And if cinema dies, I know why. You'll find out uh, March 31st. That's the Apple closest release. So it's a little bit more like some Lego movements than, than Tetris. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like Fast and Furious yeah. has, has influenced the wrong things. But uh, Taryn, Taryn's beautiful. Oh, yeah, he was fantastic. All right, let's get to your number nine. My number nine, I think, is going to be higher for y'all. Self-reliance. Yeah, higher. Yeah, I got that a little higher. It's a story of a guy who realizes after a very weird encounter in a limo that he has been chosen to be hunted by people. And if he can survive 30 days? Yes. Yeah. He gets a million dollars. All he has to do is be with people because if he's ever alone, the hunters can kill him. Yeah. Uh, nobody believes him. <laughs> we'll talk about it more in a little bit. Yeah, we, I mean, we got a review of that one too. We have so. a whole review for there, but it's it's probably the most consistent. It's not the, the loudest I laughed, but it was the most consistent I laughed in a movie. Shout out Jake Johnson. Uh, my number eight is definitely higher, higher on your list. It is Problemista, the Julio Torres film. That is film. also my number eight. I mean, my number seven. Okay, well, we're coming to, to that soon. Uh, it is a story of an aspiring toy designer who needs to get a job in order to retain his work visa, but it is so uniquely through the yes, mind sir. of Julio Torres. Like, it, it's not only hilarious and a very offbeat, quirky... I don't want to say quirky because that makes it think like Zoe Deschanel. It's, it's <laughs> offbeat. It all, but, it's offbeat. But it also has these very interesting visuals. Again, we, we had a full review of it, so you can dive That's into our thoughts there. Uh, but yeah, Problemista. Really three, cool film. Three on the top ten, though, right? Yep. Let's yeah, all, go. It's our first one. All right, so my eight is Problemista. I think your eight is Problemista as well. Yes. Uh, let's go back to Art for his number eight. Joyride. I, there was something okay. about the way that this hit that I thought was funny. Yeah, it was it's one fun. of those where so many people are laughing in the movie theater that I feel like we missed a fifth of the movie. Yeah, yeah. this was the hardest movie to hear just yeah. because of the crowd reactions. Yes. We were just talking about uh, the crazy cast that is uh, in air, but the actors in this probably work the best off of each other. I think you, there's another movie you guys would probably argue for. I'd argue for this one. I think this has the best balance because all four of them are going on this journey. Mm -hmm. uh, four friends who are Asian American that really plays into the movie. So while it's produced by Seth Rogen uh, and his partner Evan, you have like fresh jokes in this. You have the same cliches that would be in a studio comedy, but this yeah. is the studio comedy that I feel since the pandemic we haven't had back. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, but we have two of those coming up. Absolutely, and this is one of those movies like The Hangover in that these are all people who've done things prior to the film. After this film, they are all like names. They, and they also, are... and also, that's a great point because you forget that Bradley Cooper's in The Hangover exactly. because now he's writer Bradley director Cooper. Bradley Cooper yeah. exactly. and I expect the same thing for all these actors here Absolutely. I mean, they're already Oscar nominees <laughs> exactly uh, that one uh, is released on June 23rd in so theaters. you don't have to yeah. in theaters so you don't have Probably to wait so. too long to see Joyride that's, yeah that was almost in my 10 that's like no oh, you gave it the honorable yeah exactly all right, my number seven, it is the only doc on my top 10. Ooh. I've got Citizen Sleuth here. I thought this was a pretty fascinating documentary. And even though I have some qualms with the way they approach their story, and I think they maybe telegraph their feelings a little bit too much. This is a documentary that's extremely necessary. It's the documentary that the true crime genre is in desperately calling out for in that it looks at what the consequence are of all these new true crime podcasts, true crime investigations, amateurs taking on the burden of getting to the bottom of what they're sure is a murder. Yes. In a way that I think will maybe call, make a lot of people question their own content decisions. Yes. Um, I feel like if a Netflix or a Hulu is brave enough to have it sitting next to their long library of true crime documentaries, it, it'll be a big hit for whatever streamer wants to pick it up. Um, 
I, I do wish they had maybe done some things a little bit less goofy, <laughs> but yeah. I mean the the content at least yeah. is, is really really compelling. So I want it so bad. Yeah. I'm I'm very curious to see what the reaction to this one's going to be when it drops. Citizen Sleuth, my top documentary out of South by Southwest. Top documentary. Uh, let's go back to Amanda for her number seven. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Upon Entry. Hell yeah. Ooh, I got this one a little higher on my list. A little higher, Another so we'll wait, one but, that's uh, got three. Yeah, just general premise of Upon Entry. Uh, it's, it's like a couple. They're trying to um, immigrate into uh, America mm-hmm. from Spain, except one of them isn't originally from Spain. So that causes so some... Many there's yeah, so many little yeah, yeah. hidden things going on here. Uh, and it's just like, it's very, very tense. Yeah. What movie. happens when they get called into for like a The secondary screening. screening. The secondary screening. That, yeah. that basement room that no one wants to go to. Yeah. Well, I have this as my number seven. So I'm going to double up everything you said. The fact that you're a couple who hasn't really gotten to know each other mm-hmm. and you get to know each other through this one. Yeah. It, yeah, it's some really great performances because you're limited to what three rooms yeah. in this whole movie. And then yeah. the ending. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, yes, yeah. <laughs> it's great. And it, it has the best like nail at the end of the film of anything I think we saw here. Just mm-hmm. that final line is really, really excellent. Only because we already saw Talk to Me. <laughs> this is the next one up from that. At least for a line, maybe. That's for a line. Three, uh, three but, of us. Yeah. yeah, but I, I think it's just such an excellent, tense film where. where like you're you're kind of like putting yourselves in the position of the characters because you you also start to question things and mm-hmm. uh, it it it's a really excellent film. Uh, I have it at number five on yes, my sir. list, yeah, so all right. I like that one a lot. That's great. Uh, my number six is the movie you brought up just a little bit ago. It is Self Reliance. Jake Johnson making his directorial debut. That's my five. All right, talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just. I love a high concept comedy, and this one has so many laughs throughout. Uh, it, it's such an interesting idea, and I love how how much they commit to writing that line of how sane is he really? Mm-hmm. Jake Johnson particularly is so good as an so actor good. at writing that line. Yeah. It also um, doesn't matter like, if he's right. He's insane. No, but the yes. best moment, it's all like, you want to do this? It's like, no, I don't want to do that. Oh, yeah, okay, good. <laughs> we have to do that. It's so good. Um, yeah, he balanced that tone well. Yeah, yeah it, it's absurd, but grounded. It, yeah. It's yeah. so good. And uh, another one with an excellent cast. I thought Anna Kendrick is also very good yeah, on this so one. Good. Uh, so you had that at number five. What do you have at number six? Pure O. Okay. Boom. Double. Double. Let's go. Num- number six for both of us here. Yes. Okay. I really liked. I, I thought it was fantastic. Mm. I thought it was very interesting. So like this character who is like learning that he has this very serious issue is also a therapist for other people. So. Right. You're watching him be so tender with these other people and really work them through like serious issues like addiction, and he's great at it. But then he's in the car on the ride home, listening to an audio tape of himself saying, "I grabbed the knife, I plunged it into yeah, like yeah. all of these very intrusive thoughts that he's having." Yes, and it's intense, yeah. and it's like breaking him. It's breaking mm-hmm. him so intensively and like affecting every aspect of his life. Yeah, there's a particular therapy scene where he is with his significant other yes. that is like one of the Ooh. most uh, emotionally compelling or just yeah. I, I don't know if I've felt a scene that viscerally in such a long time especially when yeah. it's not like about like body horror or something it's, no. it's just just the emotion of it and how difficult that that moment is uh, it's so so well done and then it wasn't even didn't even necessarily seem like it was like cathartic for him by the end mm. you know yeah. um, um. And then it was so hard, and it was like a real transition moment in the movie. So. The director uh, was also the writer, who I think was also the costumes, and I think was also... The editor and composer. The editor and composer. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. 
so this is to me the definition of a freaking independent film. Yes. Yeah. I uh, went all out. There was also some shout outs and uh, gave a couple of thanks to Bob Dylan, Craig Mazin. Uh, uh, he wears the Script Notes podcast, uh, Craig Mazin sc- screenwriting oh, okay. podcast uh, right. t-shirt in part of the film. There you go. Wow. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, no, I thought the performance in this and just the way that they're covering what he's going through and you had mentioned like the therapy sessions, there's there's this beauty of being able to hear some things that the character is going through, but not having the fear that it's yeah. going to like take people away. Yeah. You have to enter that uncomfortableness to really get to the point of it. Yeah. I yeah. love this line. Things don't make us anxious. Anxiety is a state of mind. I recommend this highly. I'm glad all three of us have it. And I, I was seeing some people online. We're also really big fans of it. Some inner cuties were also shouting that out as one Great. of their favorites and uh, ones that they were anticipating. So I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. I mean, it's just such a, I, I, I don't know. It, it It's rare to see a film that dives that deeply into the mind, but makes it still some compelling and yeah. real and not melodramatic either. No. Yeah, like, that's, that's the best part. Yeah. Um, and just as someone who's been in th- plenty of therapy myself, like uh, uh, very visceral, very hard to watch parts of it. But uh, and also, so like, it, it was really heartwarming too by the end. Like the yeah. letter at the end, I was like, oh my God, what a dude. This girl, you know, it's, oh, it's good. Really, really good. Also, the costumes were good. I had, I, I wrote that down. They had no business. Like the the actress who plays his wife always had a great fit on. Yeah. So I don't know who was. Maybe it was him too. Also yeah. was doing the costumes, but uh, yeah, great one. All right, so that was both of y'all's number six. My mm-hmm. number five I just mentioned was upon entry. So let's go back to Amanda. Did you mention your five already? Self reliance. Self reliance. Do you want to say anything more about that, or just echo what we've been? Just echo. I do think it might have made a might have ended a little bit too with too much clean. finality, too clean. But then yeah. even it, it almost feels like it ended in a way that was clean. That everything building up to it didn't necessarily support it ending that right. clean. So that was a little bit weird. But uh, the concept's fantastic. Yeah. No. Re- really good. Really fun. Easy recommend. Justice. For Natalie Morales to finally be in a good relationship, and South by just kept putting her in the worst, worst scenarios. scenarios. Like, what's worse, this one or what they did to her in the other? Like, other one. I, I just the other one. The other one was ridiculous. It would have never, never happened. That way. Never happened that way. Exactly. I can't relate to a movie that's like, you know what? I don't want to date Natalie Morales. That's exactly <laughs> it. Uh, Sorry, Caitlin. Uh, <laughs> she wants to date Natalie yeah. Morales too. <laughs> <laughs> we had this conversation. Yeah, I felt bad for her, but uh, overall, this was, uh, yeah, one of the funniest ones and Absolutely. had some of the best cameos, some of the yeah, best yeah. guest appearances. Yeah, don't look up the cast on IMDb. Just, just, just enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, that sucks. I know, just leave it, yeah. Let's get back to you for your number five. All right, getting into the top five is Story Ev, which you have higher. Where do you have it? I had a nine. We talked about it already. Oh, did everybody else? Oh, okay. So, yeah, no, this was based off of a short, uh, and it comes from a director who has worked with so many people. Aristotle Torres. Yeah, dude, he's done, uh, he did the short for the Sundance Labs, he's worked with J. Cole, Nas, Two, cha- two Chains, uh, and then just done a bunch of commercials for a bunch of brands from Starbucks to Red Bull. So I was, like, curious if this was going to be, you know, a little too studio-friendly, or if it was going to be, a, like, a decent independent film. No, this, he knocked it out of the park mm-hmm. with this one. Uh, it's also produced by Jamie Foxx and um, what's his name? Uh, Guzman, who oh, is in the movie as well. EP credit, yeah. Uh, dude, Asante Black, he's been killing it. Uh, we had seen Landscape with, with Invisible hand. hand. Another movie where he paints walls. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he loves painting. And in that one, I don't know, there's just something about the writing in that movie. I, I didn't see him as a character, someone who was raised by that mother. That's fair. This was it? Yeah. This was it. Uh, it, it shoots New York beautifully. It has great performances from everybody involved. And just that premise of uh, a kid getting a gun to go rob somebody to like prove himself. 
And then that guy invites him for dinner. And that guy invites him for dinner. Yeah, Yeah, watch the movie when it comes out. Uh, I don't know if it's got a release date or anything like that, but Story Avenue was definitely a standout at the festival. Yeah, I could see some people finding it maybe a little bit saccharine, but it completely worked for me. It's worth it. Like, it's so, so sweet and kind-hearted and just, like, empathetic to everybody involved. Has these moments, though, that just completely devastated. There was uh, our actor dude from... um, Right there, Melvin Gregg. Yes, Bro. the American Vandal dude. Bro. High flying bird. He was so good in this movie. He's great. He's so great in this movie. Because there's another one, and I'm blanking on what the movie was. But it was someone pretending to be like, uh, like a gang leader, and I'm like, you don't, you don't got. He got it down mm. perfectly. Mm. Uh, he also had these fits on. It was these uh, knockoff. Um, champion and said criminal, and and uh, it wasn't Patagonia. What's the other one? Uh, it's a really big brand. No, no, no. no. Uh, Carhartt. Carhartt. Right, <laughs> and it also right, said right. criminal. Yeah. And I was like, what's this? We search it up. Yeah, it's like an actual brand out there. I was like, and it's it's hot in New York. And I'm like, yeah. yes, this is someone who's got the nuances of the area. Yeah. So, nah, a fantastic film. Easily cleared my top five from the moment I saw it. Absolutely. All right. Love another shout out for Story Av. Getting into our top fours. Uh, I think the this may be my most recent of my top ten. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. I got the Artifice Girl up here. Tell me. I thought this was an incredibly compelling film Mm -hmm. about AI and the implementation of it and the ethics of it. And that all sounds really heady and boring. And this movie is not those things. Um, We we all kind of came out of it thinking it's a lot like a play. Like it does feel like a play in three acts. I'd love to see it live. Uh, But I think there's also like a real, a real visual ingenuity and real uh, eye for putting these images together. Uh, I, I don't know, it just like, it feels like Sorkinian dialogue, just Especially sort of first going back and forth, kind of interrupting each other. I, I love this one small moment where he's talking about the service. He says they're in an undisclosed location. They ask him where he says, in an undisclosed location. So your apartment in an undisclosed location. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like one of those films that really does like repeated lines and back, like little exchanges mm-hmm. like that really, really well. Um, you know, feels kind of small, feels kind of mm-hmm. uh, indie, but I don't think that takes away from just how thought-provoking so much of this is. Yeah. Um, it's a film that I really like right now, but I also would not be surprised if I think it's great 10 years from now. I want to catch it again, because I feel like the first scene really stood out to me, and then I don't know if it like maintained that mm-hmm. level of like hype that I had from that first act mm-hmm. through it. I thought it was still really good. I just... I don't know. I think my my mind wanted it to be something else. Yeah, I hear that. And I and I know that's on me, so I got to watch it again, yeah. knowing it opened. I had no idea what it was. So it opens and it breaks down. Like what's going on? I wanted yeah. to go more in that direction, and it went more in that direction. Yeah, that, that direction is still super compelling, decent, yeah. super interesting. My mind was just kind of like, I want to see what's going on over here. Yeah. Let's open that box. But I like how you broke it down. Say so it was a play. I think like it feels like that, that would make a hit a lot better for me. Mm-hmm. But that's another one I want. Especially when you get to that third act. I, I the premise is oh. crazy though. If you do yeah. a play, the the tech stuff. Do you have a screen on the yeah. on? Do you have yeah. a screen? I guess you have a screen on the stage. Tech wasn't yeah, that makes sense. crazy. No, no, opinion. but I mean like you know, it's a play. People the are way talking. Works, yeah. You got a screen, I guess. It's yeah. Yeah. in a box. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. So yeah, I got Artifice Girl at my number four. Amanda, what you have at your number four? My number four is Down Low. Anybody got higher, I think, probably? A little, a little bit higher. Did a little bit higher? Just yeah, we'll wait. But uh, yeah, Down Low, basically, uh, we got a repressed gay man who is finally trying to kind of like explore that side of himself. And the young man, I think I called him the fairy gay mother. 
uh, who's come in to try to like whisk him on his way, and then it just starts getting so absurd as the worst possible scenarios keep happening to them, and it all kind of piles in a way that is so outrageous, so raunchy, so disturbing, but then also so heartwarming and wholesome by the end of it. Yeah. yeah. The absolutely most depraved sweet movie you'll yes, ever see. Yeah, very depraved. Very sweet. <laughs> yeah, and it's because of how disgusting that it gets that yeah. it, uh, Zachary Quinto ended up giving probably. It's just a look that he gives after a dance sequence. Yeah. There's no good reason why a movie this absurd and just frankly gross at points should have made me cry. It's filthy. But it made me cry. Yeah, yeah. we should have walked out. Seen more we did it. Come on, you're making sound it. You're making it sound like you're eating shit or something. Yeah, it's like, not. It's on, not Mother Schmuckers, but it Mother it's gonna be too much for a lot it's of people. It's the idea of Mother Schmuckers are like doofuses. These seem like real people, so the the things they find themselves in yeah. ends up like tested a lot of people's patience at our screening. Yeah, most walkouts I saw at a film. Yeah, festival. but it was still only like eight people. That's more people than. Yeah, but it's still more. It was also the, the only... one that y'all got to see at the stateside too. So that's like a theater where you're looking at everybody yes. who's in there. Um, but yeah, I have that in my number three. Nice. With the biggest. Warning for those who may not like this type of humor, but I think when you dig into this type of humor, you're able to get some yeah. heart out of it at the end. And had our favorite song of the festival where you're listening to it every Still day. Still in my head. Just- <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's your number three, but what was your number four? Problemista. Okay, let's talk about it a little more. Uh, yeah, uh, this is a movie where it uh, helped me. Uh, Take a new yeah. attitude into parts of your life. Yeah. 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 Uh, and sometimes that's like a great sign is like you you, you bring a lesson from the movie with you around 100% put it in your pocket um, probably one of the most profound Q&A's because of the way that they were breaking down uh, how they view being in the industry uh, especially with a movie dealing in the art world with someone who's so been who's been fixated as an art critic in Tilda Swinton uh, but then someone who's you know coming up but not just coming up, being held back. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this being picked up by A24, I think is a perfect place to get it because I think that's the audience that is craving a movie like this. Um, Julio Torres knocked it out of the park. I think the, the his visionary work of what he was trying to showcase in his, <laughs> as he jokes, melodramatic way, uh, I thought was really intriguing. And yeah, I ended up really liking, like I sat with it, I'm like, this is a three and a half. Then I went to bed and it was a four. And then like, I took some advice from the movie to YouTube, and I'm like, this is a four and a half? Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is one that's gonna keep growing on me. Uh, I know like we've been using the words like quirky or- uh, Offbeat. Offbeat and stuff. Yeah. And those feel like wrong words because all it is is like, people like him just haven't been given the chance. Yeah. It's 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 singular is maybe yeah. the best way to put it because it doesn't feel like it could have come from anybody but his mind. Yeah, it's only a new vision because you haven't given him the chance. Yes. Um, but yeah, there's standout performances in RZA had no business being that good Absolutely. in the movie. Um, and yeah, there's a Banks bank joke that I mentioned that I, it's, it's top five of the year. We mentioned this in our review, but uh, just them as an odd couple with Tilda being this hugely energetic, can't get a word in person and he's so timid and quiet. It, it, it's great. It juxtaposes perfectly. Yeah, they, they are so fun opposite each other. All right, so Problemista, you got at your number four, we said. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're back to me for my number three, and I'll just say, I feel like our number threes is going to be a lot of overlap. So I'll just say my number three is I used to be funny and pass it off to Amanda for her number three. Blackberry. Which is going to go up, yep. up here again. So what is your number three we just talked down about? Low. Down low. Uh, anything else on down low or... We have a whole review for it. Yeah. I, I just say give it a chance. I agree. It's not the worst thing, but I know that some people will be, ter- de- be deterred by it. But is it going to be because it's gay? 
Because I actually don't think it's as disturbing as half the things I've seen at film festivals. I think uh, the jokes are too raunchy for people. Yeah. This is way raunchier than everything involved. Everything involved in Simon Rex's character is going to be a little bit over the edge for Maybe some I'm just people. like a, debaut a debaucherous individual, but like, I'm like, they, they didn't do anything with it. He's just, just saying things. He's just saying things, guys. This is, this is the generation that doesn't even want sex scenes in their movie. They don't want this yeah, stuff discussed. There isn't one with that scenario, so they should be fine with it. All right. I'd still recommend it. My number two is Blackberry. Again, that will come up. Amanda's number two. I used to be funny. I used to be funny. What are we playing here? Hot potato? Yeah. Uh, I That's, used to be funny. Num your number two as well. All right. So, so now we can talk about let's that. Talk so, about so, so this is my number two. It's your number three. three and it's your? Two. It's a pretty high recommendation. pretty solid recommendation. Because it's good. We do have a full review of this one coming, uh, or maybe on the channel already. So you can check out our full fuller thoughts there. But just in brief, I mean, what really stood out to you about I used to be funny? Rachel's performance, yeah. first and foremost. This is her dealing with uh, the PTSD from an incident that is closely related to um, a, a family that she was uh, nannying slash au pairing for. Mm -hmm. um, and then how that incident affected kind of every aspect of her life and that it's kind of prevented her from doing her stand-up comedy, which is what she was known for. She was kind of on the brink of breaking through and how this kind of really just shuttered her life. And as it's like in a non-linear way, bringing us through her story to the point of we find out what happens as she's also kind of like healing through it. And just the dynamic with all the different characters is so good. And it is so funny at the same time for something mm. dealing with such a serious issue. It is so funny and yeah. a lot of dealing with serious issues with jokes and just kind because of all these characters or most of these characters are comedians. Yes. Like they're able to process their own feelings through comedy. And we talked about a little yes. in our review, yeah. just the sort of like self deprecating nature and like, like millennial and Gen Z humor, which exactly. is just there. And it just feels very true and, yeah. and very real and, and, hysterical and emotional art what'd you Honestly, like most about the film it, it saved the genre of comedy drama there are so <laughs> many of these where we call it dramedy dramedy right. is like a slur yeah. <laughs> let's just be a buck no one's it, ever you, you know the uh, joke from what's the the comeback the Lisa Kudrow show I did a dramedy it's like a comedy but they took out all the jokes wow. <laughs> This is a comedy drama, yes. and it's specifically putting the comedy first because I think that it's a genre that gets belittled a lot. I think you know, big franchises use it as a way to get away with stuff. Other franchises that are horrors try to use it to get away with stuff. Yep. And I think it gets underappreciated. We don't really see comedies get nominated for prestigious awards. So this is a movie that I think showcases how if you can just ride the line of not having it be like a punchline with a little clap factor, yeah. when you make you like what have to hide the punchlines now it's serious yeah and this was able to balance it perfectly where, where on a rewatch i didn't realize how many jokes were funny because as they're arguing they're saying something that's really hysterical so and yeah no uh comedy drama this is the epitome of that a lot of a lot of movies that are sort of about one character's internal struggle i feel like kind of limit their interest to that one character. Yeah. And this is the opposite of that. Yes, and that everybody's really considered, every scene really matters and it's, it builds the puzzle of her life. And even though you don't necessarily feel like you you have a full idea of what's going on until maybe about halfway through the film, yeah. like you're just sort of engrossed in trying to, trying to learn more. Mm -hmm. And the way they reveal things about her, I thought was extremely yes. effective oh and very true. It, it, it never Three really, watches. it never really hit like a, a beat where I was like, eh, I don't think it'd be like, that. Like it just felt authentic to this experience. Because another one that you had that I kind of liked that would have been an honorable mention in this era was Cora Bora. And I didn't get that same feeling. Yeah, personally, felt, at least I know y'all liked it better. Yeah, but yes. you felt like, and I agree with you, it kind of 
goes off and becomes something like, I don't know what it people would have put up with the those. believability of her character. Yes, yeah. this is one where it's leading more dramedy yes. than it is comedy. Yeah. Uh, I still like to give it a recommendation, but I used to be funny. It's the one, man. Fantastic. And whoever made this fan poster... You did a good job. <laughs> Shout out to y'all. All right, so that's your number two, your number two, yes. my number three. I used to be funny. Yeah. We're back to You're my number two, two which is Blackberry. It is which my will come... number three and your number one. But it's Sunday and it's after nine. So... <laughs> what are we at? I think we're at Amanda's number one first. Bottoms. Let's talk about it because that's my number one as well. Cool. Ooh. Okay. We got a full review of it. We got a full review. She just starts crying for a minute <laughs> and just, that's the pitch. It's just fun. Like Emma and Rachel together is just magic. This is like so different from Shiva Baby, but yeah. also there is a through line to the comedy there that you'll, it'll feel familiar. But so it's basically, this is, uh, again, I'm going to shout out arts. Like, uh, it's a not another teen fight club. Yeah. This is like a group of teenage girls who start a fight club under the guise of it being to help like the feminism in the club and help protecting women and empowering. But it's really so that they can get closer to the girls that they have crushes on and want to sleep with. And I always find it, I think it's really refreshing to have a movie that just points out that like girls can be horny little weirdos too. <laughs> uh, and like in and come come across as like a little bit predatory in a way. So when you go to a girl's house and she has the bottoms poster, treat it like the fight club. Treat it like the fight club poster. It is. It's gonna be like that. And so, it's, that's funny, it's bro. Funny. That's hilarious. And it's it's just so good because it is. It's yeah. like yeah, you shouldn't be like that. You shouldn't objectify people in this way. And they have to kind of learn that that's message. Wrong. But teenagers are like that. All yeah. teenagers are horny. It like, feels both very true to the teenage experience yes. and. It's completely ridiculous, so ridiculous. And, and of another world. That's what I'm saying. But like, like that they're able to balance both halves of that is really special. And that they sneak these kind of like emotional, vulnerable yeah. moments in between absolutely hilarious jokes, mm -hmm. I think speaks to how talented uh, Rachel Sennett and Emma Seligman are as screenwriters. Yes. Emma Seligman, also an extremely talented director. Yes. Just the blocking of oh. this movie blew me away. I, I, I was ready to drop Spielbergian on Twitter and I just held back on that because I didn't want to get yelled at. So they beat you with Scorsese. She's Seligman. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, I don't know. It's just, I was so impressed with not only how much fun it is, but how dense it is. How, or what it is. Yeah, it's, it's not like... It, it's not desperate or sweaty or trying too hard. It just kind of is hilarious it, mm -hmm. and it is real uh, and, and it is absurd too. And um, I'm, I'm just always a fan of a comedy that can pack in as many good jokes as this one does. That was the other one that was really hard to catch certain things yes. because it was going so quickly that the right. audience couldn't stop they ruined Marshawn Lynch's joke in the credits. I know, I, I couldn't hear setup. shit. I know it was funny because the punchline's funny. <laughs> but I wanted to see what led it there. Does this have a release? I don't think What's it has a confirmed release? release date yet, what but if they're doing? smart, they'll put it out this summer. It's, it, it's, it's good, guys. Yeah. It's good. Oh, it's MGM. Yeah, so that's a theatrical. It has to be theatrical. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really looking forward to catching this one again. All right, so your number one, my number one is Bottoms, but let's go to Art's number one. Where'd y'all have it? I had a number two. Three. So it's one, one two, three. three. One, two, three. Three, two, one. Blackberry, Blackberry. baby. Yes. Oh, we saw the second cut of the film. I don't know how much more it's going to get cut. Uh, but this is the movie about the inception of a Blackberry, uh, the ups and downs not just of the making of this phone, the compromising of it, how it influenced the culture to a degree that I didn't realize a lot of the stuff that we have in our phones today were, in, were ideas mm -hmm. that came out of these guys right here. It talks about the corporate world and how you need those people to kind of you know, maneuver yourself into places. 
But then it's also the story about friendship and these yeah. two guys who created something and how much compromise before you don't just lose your vision, you lose yourself. Yes. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> y'all ever have Blackberry? No. I did, yeah. Which one do you have? I don't remember, but it was not the the one that touchscreen one. It was the Rolly one that my brother had. Rolly. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Rolly. Yeah, I messaged him immediately after this. I was like, "This no, is your movie." I don't think I ever felt cooler cooler with a phone than getting a BBM. Like that was that was a dope feeling. I had a Palm Pilot with the touchscreen, so when they were doing the competitor stuff, I was like, "Oh dang, I bought the." I, bought I didn't. The I didn't person. get a nice phone until the three GS came out. So Ooh. like before that, I still had a flip. <laughs> I I no, I thought this movie hit on all cylinders. It's the exact comedy that I really like. Uh, it's shot beautifully, shot behind like a, a window yeah. and another thing. It, it's just, yeah. It, it's this camera that's really like finds the action and moves lots of really fun zooms, like so many zooms that just ended in a hilarious yes. expression. Uh, but it, it's like, I want to give it that mockumentary style, but it's, it's even more uh, chaotic yes, than is. a documentary. Yeah, because it's the idea of like, we had Tetris, we had uh, Air. Air. All of those movies does kind of feel like the corporate people were looking over them. I don't true. think they ever talked to a yeah. BlackBerry person And they acknowledge that. All. They acknowledge right. that. Because they're, they're so like, we're not telling their story the way they would want it to be told or even if we're worrying about it being accurate. We're just saying these are the bullet points and we're doing whatever we want in <laughs> they between. They actually laughed and said, we're responsible for how people are going to know these people. Yeah, literally. The rest we're of their responsible lives. for the reputation. That's raw. Yeah, yeah, I love seeing a movie about a big corporation from the outsider. And Matt Johnson, I felt, or I feel, has always been that in the projects that he's made. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, he brings it it's in just very, so much energy. It's very exciting because you you feel the Matt Johnsonness of it, but it's just utilized in the best way possible. Because some people can get in their own way. Yes. I don't yeah. think he does. No, and he's he very smart. Maybe I just like it too much. No, but, but he, I think it's very smart in how it deploys certain things. Like when the movie needs to be a little bit more serious. It does. It does. He, like, he's so hilarious in it, but he also doesn't make himself the focus of the film. Yeah. Um, I, it's, it's a time capsule comedy. It's a corporate thriller. It's a drama of hubris. It's so many things at the same time. Yeah. And it succeeds in all of those. I found it to be hysterical and yeah, exhilarating. Yeah, no, it was great. It's a great, great time. It's, it's a really a, great time. It's a two-hour movie you I want know. to keep going. Yes. That's what, That's what I mean. I'm like, I want more. Give me more. I, you feel the ending coming, and it's like, it's so perfect. It shouldn't be anything else. But damn, I could have hung out more. Right? That's could've exactly it. Yeah. And I think the idea that it's kind of, it feels like a mockumentary without being a mockumentary, I think that's what that Q&A question was trying to get at. Some guy was like, is this satirizing your things like your, right. your big shorts, your you know bigger things? And then I think they took it as like an insult. Like a spinal tap. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, no. But for it, the bio Yeah, but it's like, it's not, it's not. Stop you making me like it more. That's a four and a half right yeah, there. Because, no. Oh, that's a four and a half. Like, right he, was like, he was like, we stole things. I'm like, no, no, my God. He's not saying you stole things from those other movies. He's saying that you did this thing that has become like a cliche that all of these bullet yeah. point things are doing. And you flipped it because yeah. you didn't give a shit. And you're openly acknowledging that you didn't give a shit. You kind of did the social network thing, but like in a more fun way yeah. while taking it serious. That yeah. was a compliment question. You took it as an insult. Uh, I had it at number one. I'm going to have to move it up. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's, good. it's really good. I can't really wait good. to watch that one again yeah, either. Uh, lots of great films at this year's South by South. It's a good one, right? Yeah, yeah. Good one. Great lineup. Uh, I'm glad that we had some movies that y'all are going to remember. Uh, I think we were able to get some posters too. I know you guys like getting the posters for your first film festival and they were pretty, pretty beautiful, but yeah. pretty uh, exclusive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Overall, I, I, we had a lot of overlap. I, yeah. I'm looking at a lot of the stuff that we have here from Blackberry which I just reopened. I used to be funny, down low, problemista, 
Did you have it in your top 10? I did, yeah. Ooh, there yeah, you go. all of those in our top 10. Story Ev, I'm going to count as two and a half because she yeah. had as an honorable mention. Yeah. Pure O, all all three of Upon ours. Entry, all three of ours. Self-Reliance, all three of ours. Bottoms. We literally only That's had one thing. or two that didn't. We, we are in agreement about a lot of these movies, uh -huh. yeah. Which is kind of unique because I feel like we tend to have, I mean, there's always some overlap, but Sundance, our lists weren't this aligned. No, I'm surprised yeah, so you not, like Bottoms as much as you do. Yeah. I love, I mean, I just am in it for like a high school comedy know, that right? goes to these places. Yeah. I thought it was dope. Hell yeah. 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 I, I'm just really excited for more people to get to catch these movies because we like the Sundance movies. Sometimes we recommend films that are not going to be big breakouts. and. Yeah. I feel like almost any film we mentioned yeah. on this top 10 could be a big breakout. I think upon entry way. is the least chance of like doing big. And that's not because it's not good. It's mm. just that like, it's a it smaller is, movie. It's a smaller movie. 73 minutes simple. long. Yeah. So another uh, thing I think it is favorite because yeah, it doesn't it overstay its welcome. Yeah. Last year I sat in the theater and watched a little movie called Everything Everywhere All At Once at this South hey, by so Southwest. What, what's yeah. going to be Oscar nominated from this festival? Oh, jeez. Well, Bottoms played at the exact <laughs> time <laughs> slot exactly 365 days afterwards. So, I mean, that could be a big one there. Obviously, we're rooting for Blackberry, but I don't see him playing the, the Oscar game. So, yeah. And that's why I love it so much. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I think uh, Bottoms, it is a comedy, so it probably isn't going to go all the way in that sense. Yeah. But we were talking about maybe some awards for Problemista. I used to be funny, could get some like Gotham mm -hmm. stuff, but uh, you never know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one thing I'll, I'll mention is that this year the Academy did nominate three comedies for Best Picture, which is unlike them. So I don't think it is out of the question for everything. Triangle of Sadness. And there was one more in there that I'm forgetting, but. But they have like a very heavy. Uh, Other undertone. Like yeah, the undertone. Which I don't, don't get me wrong. Yeah. A movie like Bottoms and all those do. But again, because it doesn't have that seriousness, like hand to hand. Man, with she's it. an initiative. So that's a drama. I, yes, I laughed a really lot at that. I'm going to go three and a half too because Tar is there. If you saw that at TIFF, you would have a different, and I get yeah. maybe that's a hit against the movie, but that movie was fucking funny. Yeah, I, I think that's the funniest movie I saw last yeah. year. Oh, you, you counting Tar as a comedy? Three and a half. It's a three, three That's the half. Tar. The half. Yeah. Uh, would you put it as a horror? That's how Oscar's talking. <laughs> no, man. Tar ends as a comedy. There's no yeah. fucking way that that, you know, like when you realize that's, that's fucking funny. <laughs> I, all that to say, there's a world in which bottoms or blackberries considered. Yeah. I don't. I wouldn't bet on it, and it'd be a surprise. But I think there's a world in which they could break through. I think they take turns. So Sundance got it. <laughs> Southside got it. Right. I think it's but time I for think, Tribeca. But I think that the through line is feel good, and I don't think bottoms gets that. I used to be funny, does, but I don't see it getting there. But like, cause like. Coda was just the feel good. Feel good. Everything well, everything is the feel good. The winner. I don't know if Triangle or, or Banshees are feel good. No, no, no. That's what I'm talking about the winners. Like yeah, if the yeah, winners yeah. traded. Oh yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick them to win, but. No. So the next one must be Icon. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I think that just about wraps yeah, it. Um, I think so. Thanks as always for checking out the stuff, Amanda. You can find more from you. you on yeah, Twitter. everywhere. Uh, Letterbox, YouTube, Twitch. Sometimes all at Amanda the Jedi. I'm on Twitter a lot too. Arturo. You can find me at LME Explain on Twitter, Facebook, Letterboxd, or at an Airbnb cleaning my sheets. <laughs> and I'm Zishevich on Twitter, on Letterboxd, on Instagram, as well as Multiplex Show on TikTok and YouTube. This is Intercut. We talk about movies. You should give us five stars on iTunes or Spotify or whatever podcatcher you're subscribed to us on. And subscribe to us on YouTube, probably where you're watching us and where we do weekly movie oh. talks and reviews and festival coverage like this. And uh, Shout out all the inner cuties we saw South by. 
Oh yeah. yeah. It's just so great running in people. You're yeah, all great. It's always just like really heartening. So if you see us, definitely say hi to us. Yes, there's there's somebody who I, I gave my ticket to and then I heard them say, that's Zachary Shevich. <laughs> it was like a whole other weird experience. Well, I uh, just do that to her all the time. I love calling her out in line when I'm going to it. You will literally do it. <laughs> He'll be like, oh my God, it's the name of the Jedi. And he's like, what are you doing? just stop and just stare at her. Oh, but uh, yeah. Yeah, but oh, nice. shout out to to all the people who saw Hunter, who also uh, saw our preview, Nick and Nick and yeah. uh, Wiley. So if we were able to put a good recommendation on your list, a new film festival, some tips and tricks, yeah, leave us a like, leave us a comment, what your favorite was, what we missed that we should talk about. And uh... you got a quote? You got a quote? I got a quote. Say it. I got to find it, though. Maybe <laughs> next time I'll be gay and talented. There you go. That's a good one. That's my favorite way to be an ally. Just say you're doing something and then don't do anything. <laughs> so say it.